Hello, hello, and welcome to this, the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast, brought to you as is recently custom by Just 121 Media. My name is Sean Peter Budge, and as always, I'm joined by DU's favourite son. You might know him as Timbo Slice. Dr. Davis, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sean. I've got a workmate who has started calling me Timbo Slice. <laughs> it's one of those... I'm going to be brutally honest with you. It's... I... I... I, I I was trying to remember there was another such incidents, incident, you know, where you think of something and it's so obvious, you're like, why have I thought of this before? Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. It was something like that. It was a couple of weeks ago and I was like, I was going to compare that to Timbo Slice and I was like, why hasn't this come up before? No, why has it. nobody ever done this? It's not, we haven't reinvented the wheel there, but it's a bit of fun. Um, what's been going on otherwise? Uh, four nights, how many nights? Four nights down at Point Leo. Oh no. With family in a um, uh, a stays uh, hangout, I guess. Was that two nights to me? It was remarkable, Sean. Oh, I've got, okay. I've got, I've got to, I've got to be honest with you. It was. I remember visiting Point Leo for the day when I was young, but great spot. We didn't pay, you know, a whole lot for the place that we were staying in, and it fronted the foreshore road. So you could go down to the foreshore. So basically, your front beach where you don't have a swell. Or you can drive 150 metres mm-hmm. to the Surf Life Surf Lifesaving Club car park, uh, and you're at the back beach and you do have a swell. So um, just keep going, Timbo. While I, uh, I'm just going to go get something from the other side of the room. Just you, just pad for us. <laughs> but no, no, terrific time down at Point Leo, and um, and it's funny. The peninsula is a big place, and and there are so many different things that you can do. Well, and, yeah, I mean it's the outline of the country, so. Well, and this is the thing, the the, the Portsies, Sorrentos of the world, you know, lovely spots and all that sort of stuff, but a bit slower down Point Leo Way, we'd wander, we'd drive into Belnaring every day for a coffee and whatnot, and... Um, did you get a taste for it, Timbo? I, I, well, I did, my wife definitely did. Oh, no. um, she was pouring over realestate.com for a couple of the days oh. down there, trying to work out how she could uh, make this part of her new lifestyle, so... Um, doesn't help the hip pocket, but uh, we can always dream. So, so um, you could be moving down, setting up a new campus down in the <laughs> Donvale University campus down there somewhere. The, the Point Leo Merrick's campus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, look, uh, there is no easy way to say this, dear listeners, but uh, Faber Ganoush has taken a leave of absence from the pod. <laughs> Faber Ganoush will not be on the podcast moving forward. He's obviously got some things that he needs to sort out, and uh, I think we probably need some space from one another. I think he's only having one week off, isn't he? Is, is my understanding. Got it! <laughs> Patrick beautifully bowled. Ah, no, he is. He what? He took the he took the tribe cross country in the family truckster. They went to um... Cryo Castle. Jesus Christ, <laughs> mate! You, you don't have kids. You don't understand well, these things. I know, you got to, uh, You do have to find things to do. Well, only one of his kids is at school. Yeah, I know. I know. I get that you've got to find stuff to do, but wow. Yeah, but I, well, I've not done Cryo Castle with my kids, but I've heard from others that have similar age kids that it's all not too bad. Is it like, um, how do we say, is it sort of not too dissimilar to a, uh, like a panning for gold, you go to Sovereign Hill, is it that kind of thing where you go to this castle and it's like a renaissance? Yeah, it's a throwback in time, but obviously a different time than Sovereign Hill. It's more... Um, yeah, but I mean that same sort of idea of yeah, you go yeah. to this place and it's... Family fun and silliness. It's a, it's a themed family attraction. Okay, I don't know about that. 
Well, it is. Well, no, no, I mean, you, well, I mean, you like it or it's, not, it's, it's the I mean, second it's not, half of the question. I mean, it's not that I don't, I just don't like it. No, I, no. I think that I'd prefer to just uh, stay at home. Oh, what's happened there? Was that me? Some, something's pinging. I'm trying to send myself this um, run sheet so I can operate it more smoothly off the iPad, but, uh, or that was something being sent. Something got sent. Here we go. Received. I think we're in action. Hold on. So, yeah, no, so Fabaganoush is, um, he's on the road, I assume, somewhere. Um, yeah, and just couldn't commit to a time. So, at the end of the day, he said, do a, do a two-hander and away we go. So, so we press on without him, basically. And, um, and I think we also, you know, Fab mentioned <laughs> that he hadn't actually watched the game yet. That was so, uh, my that other was, note. That was always oh, going to make uh, record without, with him or without uh, him a bit more challenging. Without wanting to make him angry at me, um, he would have been a bit like tits on a ball, I think, this weekend, because he, he, in fairness to him, hasn't actually seen the game at all. And, and ideally, he would have come home, he would have watched the game, come armed with content, but uh, in the end, I think, it, for all involved... I think it's too dangerous a prospect. He likes to go fast and loose at the best of times, <laughs> yes. uh, but he has generally seen some of the game, <laughs> so he can kind of... Sketch around the so outside. How do you feel about the game? Yeah, good to get the win. <laughs> uh, yeah, really good. Really happy about that. Yeah, I think he might not have even know who he played, but uh, that's fine. So he'll. Um, oh, what's this? Have we got a message from Timbo? Uh, your Timbo from Fab here. Fab Ganoush leaving Ballarat now. <laughs> Thoughts? We should send him a photo of us recording. <laughs> Go. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How quickly can you get here? <laughs> that's at four sixteen. Um, not joking, dear listeners. He has literally just sent us a text message uh, leaving Ballarat now. Not going to happen. In fairness, I thought Timbo might have corresponded with him. Well, I think he sort of gave us gave us the go-ahead to... You know what, uh, though, Timbo? Good initiative by you. Not the whole dealing fab out without telling anyone, but just the, the initiative to go, we're going to do this, let's take the bull by the horns, let's go. And there we are, that's a photo. <laughs> So we'll wait to see what uh, he gets back to us with. Um, ratings and reviews, Tim. This has become a uh, part of the show where people can get their easier shout-out. All you have to do is leave us a review. Um, this uh, this week's shout-out is for the Teague Strain, one of my favourite usernames on Twitter, uh, who chimed in, no-holds-barred honesty delivered by a fairly unique trio surf with a side of sizzling banter and quality tunes. I'm still trying to work out if Sean is the protagonist or the antagonist, though. The key is believing you're right, Teague Strain. <laughs> Whether you're an antagonist or a protagonist, you're a good guy or a bad guy, the key is to just believe <laughs> that you have the right perspective or a compelling point of view. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Um, we've loved getting these reviews in the last couple of weeks. So, you know, keep them coming. Go to Apple, leave us a review, let us know what you're thinking. Well, we also hardly think that we're perfect as well. So anyone that wants to give us a bit of constructive criticism, well, we've it's, proven it's that always if you, welcome. If you leave us a bad review, you're probably more likely to get a shout-out. <laughs> That's very true. So if you want to go very that true. way about it, please do. Um, Timbo, we obviously want to get chatting just about the game kind of more broadly just as we go on. Um, but before we all... Timbo. Can you hear that, Timbo? Bit of City of Angels. Who sings this? Travis. No. No. It's the Goo Goo Dolls, Timbo. The Goo Goo Dolls. Do you know why we're listening to the Goo Goo Dolls? Because the Blues are back, baby. The Blues are back, baby. (laughs) Yeah, you bleed just to know. Yeah, what a track. Good track. You know the funny thing about this is? 
this is that mid to late 90s. It was a phenomenon that started in the sort of early to mid 80s of the single tie-in. The film has a song that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the film. It's not written for the film, but we've got a soundtrack, and on the soundtrack is this lead single, which is from the movie. This is from City of Angels. I couldn't tell you a single thing about that movie, but I know that this song is from it, and I know that the video clip Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage. I was going to say it's Meg Ryan, Nicolas Cage, and they're on the they're on the beach, and they had the little the old you know um, West Coast style lifeguard towers. I think she can see angels or something. I don't get it. Never seen the movie. Never seen the movie. Don't know anything about the movie. That song was in it, and that's probably the most enduring part of the movie. I reckon you're right. Uh, so, Prenda DJ from last week, just uh, tying up that loose end. You uh, and Morton more or less got last week's Prenda DJ, which of, of course was Abba's When All Is Said and Done. It's basically a breakup song. <laughs> so it's you and Fab. It's me and Fab. So, <laughs> congratulations to you and you got that one. Um, Prenda DJ this week, I actually don't have a song at present, so we'll, we'll work on that as the show goes on. But as always, hashtag Prenda DJ if you think you can guess the theme. Uh, we want to obviously chat now about yesterday's game, and I'll say this off the top to avoid any accusations of being a Johnny Rain Cloud or being hard to please. Being annoyed about a win certainly beats being content after a loss. No doubt. But it also shows that we want for more. Which which I think in itself is refreshing, but the, the hardest thing... Uh, Dylan Moore's just kicked another goal. That's his fourth. I knew putting this game on was dangerous. <laughs> Timbo him... has got the attention of a shrew. <laughs> I knew that putting this game on in the corner was going to be fraught with danger, and so it has proven. No, it was really funny. I, I, I like doing a bit of research for my fantasy uh, super coach stuff, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm a nutcase, um, yeah, self-diagnosed, and pre-season... <laughs> well, just... you are a psychiatrist, a doctor. <laughs> this... Um, this research threw me into Dylan Moore, and as a result, every single league I'm in, I've drafted this kid, and uh, he's living up to um, living up to the you know the reputation and the hopes that I had. But I digress. He tends to start games very well. I was going to say loves the first quarter. He kicked three in the first quarter today. Yeah. So, um, as we said, we digress. Um, one of the ladies that I sit behind in the Carlton Social Club <laughs> dared to utter the words with five minutes to go in the second quarter. She said. We're going to be a hundred points by half time, <laughs> and and obviously we eighty odd. We well, we our half time score. We were twelve six at half time, so we were mm. seventy eight. So we were we were three and a half goal shy, and we never got there. So and we said immediately, <laughs> "Don't jinx it." You turned around and said, "This is because of you." <laughs> I did say that to her at the end. I I said we never made it to hundred. Grabbed her by the scruff of the neck and said, "How dare you!" But the, the worst thing was, we're, oh, clearly, we were delighted at halftime. Yes. We were delighted with the style of footy and the way we were taking the game on and a bit of dare and run and risk and all those sorts of things, and we executed. Um, to to just stop, and, and the point I was going to make was, we knew within ourselves we didn't have the game done. And that's bad that even supporters, we want to believe, we're, we're we want go to know to this, Tim. how far in front do you need to be for us to be comfortable. So we need our football club to allay our fears because at the moment we don't trust them either. And clearly I don't think they trust themselves. So if we'd have lost yesterday, yes, having been 51 points up. So 51 was our, I thought 50 was our biggest. Against a winless team yep. at home. Yep. 
that would have been as bad a loss as I can recall in my time following Carlton. That would have trumped. Remember, we lost to a winless uh, Lions at Etihad, quite a, under Mick Malthouse. That was the infamous game, if fans remember. And we got the mix from the coach's mouth video email when he said that you know, Brisbane are a very, very good football team. You're like, they hadn't won, Mick. But we, at that time, weren't a good side either. No, that's right. Whereas now... We are a much better team than that. We're 50 points. At no stage in that Brisbane game were we 50 points up. No, no, no. The game should be over. And the point is, it's okay to be frustrated by a win. It's okay to interrogate a result beyond looking at the scoreboard and going, all's good, we've got more points, we win the game, that's good, move on. Because if we're going to be accepting of trends like this, and that's what our fade-outs are, now they're a trend... Don't be annoyed when a performance like yesterday or the second half against Hawthorne or the second half against the Dogs or that 10-minute period uh, in the last quarter against Richmond, when they get away from us and they cost us. Yeah. Yep. You know, re- you, you touched on it. Reputations are earned. And at the moment, our reputation is, if you're our opponent, you're not out of the game. You're never out of the game. And we, we were saying, uh, I said to Jay, shout out to Jay, we love Jay. I said it. I said to him at the very beginning of the third quarter, I said, the next five minutes is everything. In fact, it's port season. Port season hang on what they can do in the next five minutes. And they kicked two goals. They weren't two great goals, but it it, it spurred us into action. Charlie Curnow ended up kicking the next goal. We steadied. And then I reckon we went maybe seven or eight minutes. And we weren't Josh DeLuca pedal to the metal, but we were working, we were putting pressure on. The whole time you're watching it, you're thinking, it's one goal. One goal, and these guys get broken. Jordan Lewis said it, I don't even know what the context of it, I don't even know if it was a Carlton game, but he said it years ago when he kind of went, you don't need the next goal right now. You're seven goals up, they got it back to, I think they got it back to about seven, and then we kicked one, so it was two goals to one, and you just went, that's fine. They've, yeah. they've clawed back a goal. Yep, that's fine. <laughs> they did play in a. Pro- they were favourite yeah, in a good. preliminary final. Yeah, that's all right. They've clawed back a goal. That's cool. You know, it's twenty minutes to go in this quarter. We get the next one. We don't need it in the next thirty seconds. Just slow the game down a bit. Yep. Take some time off the clock. Let's just squeeze the life out of the game. Let's show some maturity. The the point I want to make here, though, if you go back two weeks ago, if we put the Hawks away, like we should have. We win yesterday by 10 plus. Because Port know there's no coming back. 100%. But we've opened the door and we've let them know that this is a possibility. How, how do you reckon? So they claw, they claw, they claw. Funnily enough, we were the same. We were 17 points up against Hawthorne at three-quarter time. We were 17 points up yesterday at three-quarter yep. time. Yep. How do you, what do you reckon Ken Hinckley's last message at the huddle was? So get in front of them. You win game, the game on. Yeah, absolutely. You're in this up to, the, up to your eyeballs. Game on. These guys don't know how to win it. Yep, yep. They're not convinced they can win it. They, they will open the door for you. You've just got to go through it. There's that. And, and you've got to be ballsy enough to go through it. You know, and I think that, for me at least, as a club and as a fan base, I just feel like we're going to cede the right to be disappointed if and when we play like that and lose. Yeah. Because at the moment it feels like too many are content for us to play like that. So long as you win. Oh, so long as you win, it's all good. We were 51 points up, yeah. and they have a shot for the lead. Yeah, and look, it's it, it's a maturity thing for both our players and our supporters equally because, look, we're delighted that we won. We're delighted that we're 4-1, and one, but there is a background and a narrative to where we sit right now 
where we we could be four and one with a serious reputation behind yes. us, and and you can be saying, you know, like at the moment they're saying it's Melbourne and it's not especially close, and and Brisbane's the next best side in it. I think that's pretty clear and obvious. Geelong, who knows? Probably depends on what they do this afternoon. We. We, if we win by 50 against Hawthorne and 50 against Port Adelaide, yes, we cocked up against the Gold Coast, but the power footy that we've shown against good teams when it's counted and the fact that we beat Melbourne pre-season, the experts would have to be saying, don't sleep on the Blues. And right, the, right now, we're a bit of a joke. Well, right now, now. We're, we're, we're still a bit of a, yeah, so what? Correct, exactly right. Exactly you go, right. oh, well, yeah. Should I should I be scared of this? You know that they're falling in in games. Should I be scared of this? I think the reality is with the quality of football that we can play. The short answer to that for any opposition supporter is bloody oath. You should be scared of us. The only problem is we're a little bit scared of ourselves. We're a bit too. scared of how <laughs> how great is the lapse going to be? For how long is the yep. lapse going to go? Yep. And what's it going to end up meaning? And how do we get? How do we get out of it ourselves? What what is Vossi now saying? And and to me, like watching it was hard yesterday, and and you've probably got a couple of things queued up to go next anyway. But the question to myself is: Are we lacking bravery when we're eight goals up, or are we lacking fitness? And, and I think the fitness is a is a very very important question because people want to go to mental fitness, which I don't want to bar of. Because that is being acute and being switched on is a product of fatigue. Yep. So when you're under fatigue, that's when you make bad decisions. Yep. Yep. And we don't want to leap ahead. We will cover the fitness thing. Yep. Believe you me. Hundred um, percent. We are not fit enough, and we will go into greater detail about all this sort of stuff. But but uh, but you always look slow when you don't have the footy, and, you, and you that's do, the one thing I always want to be able to stress. But for us, I just think that when you get to the leads that we got to, and in the Amount of time we got to them is very impressive against Hawthorne and then against um, who did we play yesterday Port, and then even to put forty odd whatever it was points on on the, dogs. On, um, the dogs to do it against the Tigers. Yep. So our scoring power is great. I think the big question for us is why, when it gets clamped, can we not shut the back door? We can't seem to take away their scoring power. Yep. So you go, yep. okay, you've clamped us, you've nullified our ability to score, but then we leak like a sieve, mate. But this is the problem. Well, I, th- I think I think turnover. Most teams on turnover can look good because on turnover you're out of position because you've been trying to do the positive and in trying to do the positive, you you expose yourself. Mm-hmm. And and the challenge, obviously, in from a game style perspective, is when you have the overlap and the run, you want you kind of want half your team attacking and the other half holding. So if it does turn over, you've still got structure mm. somewhere. Um, and maybe that's not what we're doing well. But equally equally too often when we're under under pressure... Oh, no. <coughs> under pressure, we um, we just resort to the markers up. And, and you watched it yesterday and you thought, fuck, we're doing it again. And mm. you know, the one thing you don't want us doing is doing exactly what we were and you know what we weren't prepared to do that Port was. Port did the the switch back really well. Yep. And they did that to us last year too. You're you know? going we know what they're gonna do. You go, that's fine. 
Oh, oh no. <coughs> when I'm waving at you, mute it's me. Become a, it's become a three-hander with old mate Rona. <laughs> but they did the switch back, whereas we go very conservative. Yeah. And this is the thing for me where... But you, the, I think and this is the problem. I think the thinking is when, you know, insert player here, let's say Jacob Wiedering. When Jacob Wiedering gets the ball on, you know, half back line, 70 metres from goal on one wing, he's thinking... I can go 45 corridor, I can switch back the other way, or I can kick up the line. And, and Weeders probably is the wrong example because he, he will make the right call. Except in, for on one occasion. He did on one back. Look, and it was the right call, he just didn't execute. But um, too often, when we're seven goals up, five goals up, four goals up, there seems to be this contentment of, I'll just go up the line. You know, we've, we've got the lead... We're comfortable. I'll just go up the line and whatever happens. And the the opposition desperate team that have found a little bit of momentum and have got a foothold in the game are suddenly working harder than we are. So when the ball does hit the ground, they're the guys that seem to be taking more advantage of it than what we are. And then all of a sudden our defence is under pressure. Mm. We get 50 points in front because we're prepared to take the game on. And we're running, we're handballing. We're working for for one another. There's overlap. We we missed targets yesterday by hand. Again, there was a lot of that handballing to feet. We did that early, that though, stuff. too. Yeah, and look, we, we did. We were very we sloppy did. early. Like, Charlie Kernow, and I'm jumping around now. Charlie Kernow had the the most fumbly, clumsy, um, average to poor game of football for a bloke that's kicked five and won the game off his own boot that that's I've Charlie, ever though, seen. Isn't it? It, well, it probably is. He, he's... he's, look, he's he read lines it a little bit. Like, and he is such a good athlete and he can make a play on the ball. But so often, all he had to do was be clean and executed and it just didn't quite come off. Mm. And yet, if it did, he, he would have had that game by the scruff of the throat for a whole lot of it. So I think so, yeah. No, I think that ultimately, what I want us to do as a football club, and that's everyone, that's fan base, that's the club itself. Because if you think that the club itself internally would be content with yesterday or two weeks ago, or last week against the Suns, you're kidding yourself. And if you don't think there is alarm bells going off to say, tell you what, alarm bells going off at four and one are better than one and four. Oh, totally. 100%. However, geez, we've got some real problems here. I just think we need to evolve beyond the just win. By hook or by crook, just get the – just win. By hook or by crook, just because we've gone through an era where we didn't win. Yep. So we feel as though, geez, we shouldn't be too entitled to – just win every week. But my whole thing here is, at the moment, it feels like watching us, after a good start, we currently look less than the sum of our parts again. And that seems to be very hard, glass half empty, considering we're four and one. But having watched the totality of our performance has become less impressive, less compelling, less exciting with each week. I think it's an issue. I think we're lacking credibility. Like, we, we've just... In isolation, some of our best footy is really, really, you know, tantalising. But it's it's the minority of the footy we play. That's it. Well, and this is the other thing is, and and we're being we're awfully lucky that our best footy happens at a time when we're able to take scoreboard pressure, because, or, or or give us the buffer that we need for later on when we don't seem to be able to continue to put it together. So, do do you think that part of the frustration, and I'm I'm as big a part of this as anything. Do you think that part of the frustration is that 
there's an impatience that everyone wants the path forward and the path to be better and for the path for improvement to sort of be linear. And we want it to happen really quickly, which is a consequence of the two to three years of wheel spinning that we all felt happened under Teague and even Bolton, that we've just become a bit unrealistic that we are – we had an exchange last night with uh, the great man Adam Hartlett, Hartz, still one of the, kicked one of the greatest goals I've ever seen at VFL level into a tornado down at <laughs> Preston City Oval to win us a game um, for the Ants. But perspective says you're 4-1, and one, there's a new coach and there's new players, and I take that on board, what Hartz was saying, 100%. But at the same time – a lot of these players aren't first-year players. No, that's exactly They're all right. experienced. They all should be equipped to deal with taking on new ideas. They've all trained it throughout preseason. We've now played seven games, including the practice games. And I, I, we don't want to be sitting here greedy. We've lost one game. Because it's, it's not, to me, I, how do I say it? It's not about the four and the one. No. It's not about the four and the one. Because you, you, I just want, for this conversation, we need to take that off the table. It's about... How are we playing footy? And is the rest of the competition looking at that going, Jesus, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're not. They're, well, they're... They're saying, we just need to weather their best shot. Yes. They run out of legs. Yep. They lose yep. their conviction. They lose their shape. And they're gettable. Well, right now, any side that was potentially coming up against us in a final would say, no problem. They, they would back themselves in exactly as you said to be able to weather our best footy and that we'll be stronger for longer. Um, equally, we come up against anybody and play our best footy. We could put six on them like that. Absolutely. That, that's what we're doing. So there's very much going to be this, this rolling of the dice of... You've got to be able to hold that though. Well, and this this is it. Like you, good football you, you, teams. You can't play 20 minutes of footy and think that's enough to be able to win a game. The it, fact that... It isn't and it never will but be. But the fact that it kind of at the moment is is the anomaly. We spoke about Hawthorne's stats being the outrider. Yeah. You got the fact that we're actually only playing 40 minutes of decent football and that's enough to win the game, white knuckling it. Yeah. Though we are. Going, geez, if you... If you make that an hour... Yeah, you win by 75. And as we said, we don't even need to be scoring in that stage. Oh, this, the frustration for me, you get you get 50 points up, you should be able to control the game from there. Well, as you say, teams elect to be able to play tempo football just to be able to say we can deflate pressure, we can hold the ball, we can make good decisions, take momentum out of the game... And, and square it up again and even have a bit of a rest. Just move them around as well. It's very yeah. hard to chase the ball. Yep, exactly they right. They did that to us very well in the they third did. quarter. They did, they did. Um, and, and look, you know, not, notwithstanding, like there were some highlights by Port Adelaide on, on occasions yesterday. I mean, you know, everyone has players that they do and don't like. And I, I think Ryan Burton probably divides more, probably more of South Australia than, you know, the, the Eastern States, but his best football is... I think know, he's a player who... Um, <clears throat> having Amazingly seen, talented. Having seen a tiny... I think that's the annoyance, is that... Well, this is it. Should yeah. you be amounting... With the talent you have and your size, should you be a more impactful player than you are? Yep. And it's hard... We do that with certain players where you get caught up in what they, you perceive they don't do well or don't do consistently at the expense of what do they do well? And, and we probably had the quintessential... That quintessential footballer on show in the first half yesterday, mm. first quarter especially. You know, we, Jack we, Martin. We've wanted more from Jack Martin for a few weeks now. And, and clearly, clearly, 
you know, he, he probably won us the game against Richmond. He, he certainly got us all moving. I suppose the question, we're leaping ahead a tiny bit, Timbo, but yep. the question is, did they give him a rocket or a cuddle? Well, and this is the fascinating That's thing. The it's, it, it, it's the Corey McKernan. What What is the lever that got pulled that got the response? Because whatever you did... Mm. That, that's how you utilise this guy because both him and Zach Fisher came with an urgency and a desperation and uh, and, and an impact on the game. And uh, it's sort of like bottle that and give us that every single week because he was... Very good. Jack I think we'll, was we'll, exceptional. We'll double back to Jack. But I think just in closing on that, I think with regard to that, that improvement comment I made, it's probably more about... I don't know about our listeners, I don't know about you, but I felt as though there was so much low-hanging fruit for a new coach to come in. We've spoken about Kingers and his perspective on, geez, this is a good gig to get because yep, yep. there is so much improvement that's right there. We've taken that, which is great because that's the first step. Maybe we're getting greedy that we want more too quickly. We want that next 10% improvement to happen like that. But we're seeing it, Sean. This is, that's true. Th- this is the hard thing. And like... <laughs> We all love Twitter because Twitter Twitter brings the, <laughs> wor- the worst of everybody out. And opposition supporters at the moment are taking great delight in telling Carlton supporters that you're lucky you're not 1-4 and four or 0-5 and five because every game you played was losable. And you're like going, if you want to look through that lens, go your hardest. Mm. Absolutely go your hardest. But every game that we've won, we... I mean, clearly we had, we came home with a wet sail against Richmond, and and we got it done when it needed to be get you know get done. But it 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 always sort of felt like we were going to get them. The other three wins we have dominated. We have absolutely dominated. We've put scoreboard pressure on. We've been in front pretty much the whole time, um, with the exception of when Jack Gunston gets in front of us when uh, Weeders overcommits. Um, to say that we've been unlucky when we have led those three games 99.8% of the time... What we've lacked is composure. Well, this is it, but it's absolute folly to say you're lucky to win when you have led all bar two minutes of three games of football. It's a weird inverse. I can't remember the, the team exactly, but um, Jose Mourinho took over at Real Madrid, and obviously Real Madrid's goals and ambitions every season are to win everything. Yep. And they had a, a rocky start in his first campaign with them. And this was a, a brilliant attacking Mesut Ozil. They had Di Maria, Ronaldo, Benzema, um, Gonzalo Higuain. Phenomenal attacking powers. Kaká was still there and he was sort of okay at that time. But they had a, a poor game against, I think it was Levante or something. And it was a nil-all draw. And he remarked after the game, you know, the Spanish press particularly can be a bit uh, hyperbolic, but he basically said, eventually a team will pay for the opportunities we missed today, yeah. that we hit the post or didn't put it away or Keeper made a nice save, and they ended up putting six, five and six past their next three opponents. Wow, right. There's part of me that hopes there's an element of that with us, where yeah. you go, some poor team is going to be made to pay. If well, and when we can make it click. Well, well, Will Setterfield kicked the ball into the back of Corey Durden's head. It was outrageous. <laughs> but this part of me that hopes the glass half full part of me yeah. does exist out there, people, hopes that there's a moment where you go, you get 50 points up and someone's going to get a whacking because yeah. we're just going to go on with it. Whatever that trigger is, I don't know. And that leads me to this next point, Timbo. Just the coach's box. I feel at the moment like we are a bloody good team if we're allowed to execute that plan A. Yep. And I hate making it as simplistic as you've got no plan B. That that's an, an easy refrain in the in the terraces. But if that 
plan A gets closed down, we lose drive, we lose shape, we lose scoring power, and we can't arrest the oppo momentum, as we said earlier. We go very cautious, we don't switch. It, it becomes very, very hard to watch because you can see it unraveling very, very slowly. Yep. Um, why does that appear to be the default? Why does it appear when we're comfortably ahead, the oppo kick, a goal, and we all, all of a sudden get jelly legs? To, to me, and I said it before, it's a lack of bravery. And I, there are, it, when you get a game, when you get a game where you've got Cotters with a ball on the halfback line, to a lesser extent, Setterfield with the ball on the halfback line, Nunes, Parks, these are not guys that are going, that are, I don't think they're in a headspace at the moment to say, I am taking this game on. I'm mm. I'm going to kick self, on the forty five. They are they're, they're really so like yet Sard can. Yep. Zach Williams has cocked it up a few times, getting a lot of the footy. Got a lot of it again yesterday. But they play with the confidence to know my spot selfishly. Yep. And this is we're not having a go at those boys for having this mentality because it's human nature. But Correct. they they don't play with the pall of fucking every error is gonna be in that match review. Absolutely. And I've only just come back into the team. What is it? Last money in, first money out. Yep. No, you're going, oh, we're in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I totally agree. And 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 realistically, player comes back into the side, say next week. Is he going is he gonna pull the, and look he and he's a good kick and he can execute, but he can play safe on occasion. So is he going to be the guy that Vossi's gonna be able to say when the forty five's there, go for it. Don't be afraid to take the game on. You know, in a game where you've got the bloke who's static on the mark and you can take it on, like we spent a lot of time taking our five metres back and being able to have our 18th mm. player moving rather than out of the game, I think they stood the mark a lot. So there was opportunities to be able to take it on and I think we we do retract. Yeah. I, I think by nature that's what we do. So And, and, and I, guess, I guess the beauty of exactly where we're at at the moment is... Um, we get to pull it apart and we get to say, what's the play? Oh. What, what what should we have done that we didn't? You know what I'd and like, what Tim? do we do next time? And we have the benefit of doing that, having won the game. And, and and I reckon that's where the Adam Hartlets and the Mark Elvies of the world will always come from is you can learn so much from a review. You can be so much better for it. You're in a but bear. if you've got the win... I suppose and- you know what it is? It's, it's actually more impactful to be, as silly as it sounds internally, you pull apart a win. To show that we've won the game, but we can be so much better, and we need to be so much better. It is almost the compliment sandwich, rather than you've lost the game. Yep. This is where we lost it, how we lost it. Just so long as Vossi and his coaching crew have a strong enough strength of convi- and conviction to establish the standards to say we've got four points, but here are the learnings, and the and the learnings may be long. The, the this is what we did well will also be long. Oh, 100%. But, but the balance... Or, and, and we will never... Chicken we will salads ne- and We will never shits. play the perfect game of football. It, it will not happen. Well, I'd love to know what Vossi would have said post-game. Part of me would have almost asked the question... And this isn't a question based purely off yesterday's performance, but a, a string of them, would be, you tell me what's not working. Yeah. To the group. Going, you give me the feedback. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually... You know, and Parco had success with yeah. that self-coach team, like, albeit 9.95, very it's a long time ago. But, very yeah. experienced group. But like I'm, I'm working on a little thing for Box Hill where in our last practice match, um, we had the coach mic'd up for the day. So from 
I was we went we drove in together and did the pregame and had him during the quarters and at the quarter time breaks and whatever. And one of my favourite bits of vision from that entire day is when Box Hill's captain comes from the field for a rotation, and they just have an exchange about what's going on. Yeah. How does it feel on the field? Yep. And it's an experienced player giving his feedback to the coach about yeah we're just we're not doing this or we we were rushing it too much and he's very cl- clear and concise. Yep. And they have an exchange. And then he leaves him with a bit of a, what do you reckon? Should we, should we do this? Yeah. And it's this or great I can feel the presence yeah. of X or something. And like it's that. this great bit of conversation where you go, go to the group after the game and just say, look, boys, you go. What do you think is because it's now a trend. It's happened a few times. What is creating this? Yeah. Is it a lack of fitness? Is it a lack of clarity? Is it people going into their shells? Is it that lack of bravery you spoke about? And just go, Let's. this is a safe environment because yeah. we've won the game and that's great. Going, but what is it about we get out to these great leads, we're playing great footy, and then everything just stops? Yeah. And what's, what's creating it? You tell me what you're thinking. And your answer might be different to my answer, different to Fab's answer, yeah. Yeah. but they will all be an insight. Well, And, and I think it's the old, you know, that, that you know, avoiding that groupthink mentality of to say we've got 20 two blokes running around on the field that think exactly the same way, you know, you're not going to grow if that's the case. You need people to be challenging the edges of, mm. you know, what we're doing and, you know, how we're growing and, and, and add a few more strings to our bow. So And it yeah. might actually reveal too that a certain player has misunderstood a directive or something. Yep. And they might go, I don't is am I do am I doing the wrong thing or is, are you doing what we don't need you to whatever. Yep. Yep. Um I got another note here, Timbo, about selection and Whenever a team wins, the conversation seems always to veer towards an ends justifies the means type discourse. So we won the game, therefore all the changes were completely justified. Um, I thought that a few of the changes on Thursday smacked of panic. It, not not necessarily panic, but certainly overreaction. Yeah. Um, but but if you're going to hang one individual out to dry, you're probably better off to do it as a collective rather than disenfranchise maybe. a single player. And so may, maybe... <laughs> Create several dissenting voices. <laughs> but at least if you're going, at least I'm not Robinson Crusoe here. Oh, no, Timbo. <laughs> David Crusoe. I'll just go back to the OG. Um, but yeah, so I, I, that's how I... I, I didn't I, I didn't like it. I, I didn't like that there were players that I thought had done enough in a number of weeks to um, avoid being cut at selection. And they themselves weren't David Caruso against the Suns. This is exactly right. Sort of we, going, said, we reckon we had three winners, maybe. And you're going, Jesus Christ, you're hanging these boys out to dry. You, you can't drop 19 blokes, but you've moved five and on. Even, and even just little things, Tim, like, so we lose Paddy Cripps, fingers crossed he'll miss just the one. It was such an... an I mean, we don't, once again, it's dangerous bringing this up. You are a physio. <laughs> it was a strange action that Cripper was sort of down... It wasn't running. It wasn't a tearing motion. It, it just like seemed a, like he overstretched. Like a cramp or yeah, something. Yep. So fingers crossed he'll, he'll be ready to go. You had to... Once you make the decision that Paddy Dow's in your 23, you had to play him. It felt like that. And in the end, he misses a week of footy. Yeah. And so you've got a guy that's getting a bit of getting a bit of confidence, getting some continuity. He's playing some decent footy at the level. People will disagree on Twitter Apparently, people can't decide whether he played all four quarters against the Suns or just three. Just watch the game. Um, if if he's not in your best team, if he's not in your twenty-two, don't play him. Yeah, just let him get another thirty in get the him, twos. Let him play in the twos. Yep. Because what we did in the end was take a week of footy away from him. Yep. We'd already lost Crips for a week. 
we didn't really replace. I suppose Walsh kind of went more inside. That that was what I was going to say. But you're sort of going, you know, the, the Cottrell and Nunes ones in, I, I hate singling two guys out as such, but I think we've seen enough from those two boys to kind of know what are you giving us moving forward? What's your upside? Is it greater than an O'Brien? Yeah. I just don't think it is, and, and I think, as you say, it felt like we were we were switching between three three wingmen of O'Brien, Setterfield, Walsh. Cripps came out. You're putting Walsh on the ball, and then you had to replace the vacated wing and Lockie O'Brien, and you've put those two blokes in. And Walsh, he had 38 and was heavily involved inside. So you're going tick. It's come off. We've seen a step yeah. forward from Walshy in his recovery because he's clearly recovering while playing mm. and amazing that a guy who's still not right is can just get 38 and you know the frustrating thing too about that wing discussion yesterday was particularly out on the members side early in the game Sam Powell Pepper was everything good went through him yeah and whether that was Nunes or Cottrell or Cottrell was there for a little bit I sort of noticed it after one of them had vacated so I don't want to put all the blame on an individual but you were just like we had no control of that wing at all None. And then Power Pepper went forward later on. Yeah, we had no control. He got everything him back, got him back in the gun. Yeah, so you're going, don't anyone come at me and say that those two guys did their job because earlier on they were the weak link in the chain. Yeah. So um, we obviously want to go just through onto some stats again. And, and look, a number of these numbers indicate a stronger performance than it was actually in reality. It's a bit strange. So we were plus 44 disposals. We just shaded inside 50s. We. Uh, one hit-outs by 14. We only won clearances by five. Centre clearances were plus six. We had plus 25 contested, and we led for 114 minutes. We won by three points. Yeah. You're sort of going, yeah. the numbers are more impressive than the actual yeah, final result. The sum of the parts, Which absolutely. is, again, in reinforcing what we, sort of, um, what we said earlier. But I think more than anything, it actually impresses an, an inability of ours to turn control into kind of comfort. But we should. But where we got to, we should have been comfortable. A hundred percent. And and it's just, it's the why, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's we have to prove. I, I don't I don't know what the pivot is. I, I don't know I don't know if it's you get, the next time we get fifty in front of a team that we just have to win by a hundred regardless of who it is. I you think know, it's just you know what it is. It's I think it's you just give yourself whatever and you don't verbalize this in in or to the group but once you get to that point my my rationale internally is once you get 50 points up and you're dominating a team you're well in control it's like don't lose by less than 6 goals yeah. win by less than 6 goals yeah they but can pull a couple back and that's fine we are hitting a big lead very early in games no we are but you sort of going they're going to have their moment they're yeah. going to come back at yeah. us and kick a couple but we'll weather that and that was my hope that they got to 3 goals yeah we kick a couple, and it's five again. Yep. And you're yep. going, that's over. Yep. But we just can't do it. Um, what I wanted to see during the week, Timbo, I wanted to see a response to last week, sort of collectively yes. and yep. individually. You know, the team and a number of players really had their colours lowered. So we needed to something – the word I had here almost was – and it's not – to be honest with you, it's not even really the correct word to use. But the one that just kept springing to mind was contrition. Mm. Is that – Show us that last week hurt hurt you. Yeah. And that I, last week was no good and you sat there and went, that's crap. My word was just impact. And it was that was individually and collectively. Or just you, you wanted to see show a us response. A, just show that everyone, the fans, the opposition, the, the competition, bit, but yeah. just show that that's not us. Yep. What happened last week, as it turns out, it kind of was us. <laughs> we just won this week. Um, 
I just think the bef- how can we? It's a, it's a it's a loaded question, but how do we go from being so good to so bad so quickly? And that's the that's the how do you how do you even solve that? Well, and and as you say, you don't you, you don't solve that with one you know mantra that you write on a whiteboard at training on Tuesday morning. It's this is this is a maturity and evolution that's going to occur over time. It's it's about finding yourself in the same position and doing something different, whether it be actively doing something different on the ground from a strategic perspective, or and and we talked about you know Harry had the rundown tackle against Hawthorne that you thought that's the moment where we broke their spirit, but we never actually got a goal from it. You know mm. what, what once you can once you can match the opposition's effort and then put another score on the board and further gap them and the opposition goes we knew this we knew there was a chance this team might fall over well, the suns did but that today's not going to be the day the suns did that last week yeah. they got out to that little lead yep and we kind of sat there going get a couple they might wilt they just never did yep which flows on the other thing i wanted to see was i wanted us to right the wrongs of the past like we owed these guys a hiding we because did. we did and not just because of the two games last year, which were two different games. The one at the MCG wasn't horrendously bad. No, they were, they were just 10% better, than, just better us than us all night. And, and we had the shocking, the, the Lysette Pitto moment, yeah, which we don't yeah. want to harp on about, but we hated it. Yep. It just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And then obviously the game at the Adelaide Oval was a complete debacle. Which we were always going to lose. But we were, and, we were and, four and, goals up. And we, came, we came with something, and then once they got on top, it's like, well, what are you going to do about it now? And the answer is, you know what? We're not going to do anything. <laughs> we're going to do but, nothing. But there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of things that were this wrong might behind the you. scenes. <laughs> we're going to do nothing. <laughs> we're just going to let you steamroll us. Yeah. Um, and so credit where it's due. Michael Voss to be able to turn that performance around, be on the other side of the fence, mm. and 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 put fifty on the opposition, having had you know what one hundred and fourteen put on us at one point in time. You're telling me that's a one hundred and sixty-four point turnaround? Well, at that, you know, from a snapshot perspective, it is. But I, um, I just think that we've been there, bunnies, for too long. Yep. And we've been shown little respect, not that we deserved it. Yep. For far, far too long. Well, I, I still say that one of the best games that we played as a young up-and-coming up team was up on Gold Coast or wherever it was when we pushed them... Sammy Walsh took mark of the year, running back into the pack in front of Charlie Dixon, and Robbie Gray had the shot after the siren to win the game. And and Robbie Gray, as Robbie Gray will do, and and he missed a couple against us. And he probably let us off in the end. Um, not not that we didn't have our own missed opportunities as well, but um, but he he took his opportunity that in that game two years ago. And that but that was a moment where, as a supporter, I've I've gone, we're better. Mm. Than what people think that we are. Do we and, want to and, mention and, it? Do it. Do we want to mention the Perth game against Hawthorne? Yeah. Well, Perth or Tassie. That was in Perth, and was there was Perth. we had the, we had one in Tassie uh, as well. Yeah. A few, I remember the earlier one. We had a few one. injuries. When Cunners where was on fire. Cruiser and, went down. I think Simo went down, and we were yeah, short-handed against yeah, the Hawks. Yeah. They just came over the top of us. But we beat power the power yesterday, which is great. But it was disappointing to let another team slip through our fingers without taking a huge chunk of their pride with us. Yep. Yep. And you get the win, you get the four points, which is great. Because they almost walk away with going, we could have won that. Whereas you want them to walk away and, and we're say, miles off. They're, yeah, they're mi- that, they've gone to another level and we're not with them. So that, that game you mentioned um, at the time, the one against Hawthorne in Perth, that was a chance to beat the Hawks and go past them and give them Winburn. Correct. And you don't beat us for six years. Ten. 
You don't beat us. We're just so much better than you. You want you, what you've done to us. We're going to do to you now. You don't beat us for years. Yeah. And you yep. leave them going. Geez, we're a long way off them, aren't we? Yeah. But at the moment, we're not doing that to anyone we play, which is a problem. And, and, and I think that's the one thing that you do find is there is always sides that you match up well against, mm-hmm. and we we just want to. We just want to get a few bunnies. Absolutely. We, we want to find a few that... You want to turn up and just... They're, they're going to look at the fixture and go, fuck, round seven, we got Carlton, we're fucked. Mate, you just want to turn up and win a game comfortably. Yep. We spoke about percentage last week. We've won four games of five. We've got a percentage of 102.6. Correct. That's, that's you going, oh, Jesus. Um, I know what I'd be saying if that was Essendon. You know, and that's what they're saying about us. And then lastly, we don't need to stress this one too much, but don't be beaten by like Finlayson and Robbie Gray. Well, even then, Finlayson only kicked one. He could have kicked a couple. I swear to God, did did Jack Silvani touch Finlayson's set well, shot on the mark? They didn't think about it. They didn't look at it. I am certain that he did. And, mm. and like, I was right behind it. Um, and I said in the crowd, I thought, this is... I said, Adam Saad, grab the footy because you're kicking this bad boy in. It, from very early on, it just looked like, no, nah, this is going back to the middle. It, it, well, And that's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if they... I mean, and I haven't watched the replay. Mm. So I don't know if they did review it, but as... Like... I saw it and I thought it touched his finger. Soss appealed immediately. There was five other blokes around well, that were saying to the umpire... He's not even David Caruso and his own family there <laughs> appealing for it vigorously well, is, for a this, touch. This is true. There is form. Um, but other players were saying to the umpire, this has been touched, make sure you review it. Um, Are they so, just not doing it anymore? Well, they always said that they do, but it, maybe they just had shit vision. Maybe. But, but as far as I, I was adamant... Mm. That it had been touched, and the fact that he's a bloke that's crucified us. Well, on that's occasions. it, and it's just like I can I can stomach a player of Robbie Gray four years uh, ago. Yeah, yeah, I can stomach a thirty-four-year-old Robbie Gray like taking you'd be on, going on one leg. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Just don't get beaten by what you know. Show us that you've learned from these guys taking games away from us in the past, and that's not even about Robbie Gray's kick after the siren. You can't put four on him though. But he always plays well against <laughs> us, and he has been a very he's good player. He's played well against other sides but, as well. But he's he's always performed well against us. Yeah. And you're going. He's 34 years old. Yep, he's yep. on one leg. Don't let this guy win the game. We should have cheered him off the ground at the end of it. Go, don't come back. Robbie. See you later, mate. Um, chicken salads, Timbo. Uh, look, I had it. Look. I had just about everything about the first half, just about everyone yeah, yeah. in the first half. Yeah, let's, well, I'm going to individualise for a moment. We've got a bloke in our team who is ranking elite for effective disposals with 25.4 effective disposals a game. George Hewitt. He's got 84.7 disposal efficiency. He's averaging 14.6 contested possessions a game. He has 8.2 clearances a game. He has 5.2 centre clearances. And he is averaging 7.2 score involvements a game. Matt Cottrell. Now, you were right. It is George Hewitt. Yeah, he and, and this guy's 26. And we're paying him 400... Allegedly, we're paying him 450 a year for the next four years. He... Is, th- is he the biggest bargain in the competition right now? I thought now? yesterday that he was one of our few... Truly four-quarter contributors. I think you're right. And that's not taking anything like, say, for instance, Sam Walsh in the first quarter and a half was taking outrageous. Piece, yeah. And they sent Carl Amon to him and, yep. and he his influence trailed off. He did also tweak the ankle about he, no, he did, but 15 minutes into the second quarter He did, but too. his influence trailed off a little yeah, bit when did, they really sent the clamp yeah, to him. He ended up with 38. You know, <laughs> Jack, but he had, twi- what do you have? he had 20 at quarter or something. 21, at I think he had it half-time. I think he had... 
17 or 18 at quarter time. He had 13 at quarter time. Nah, but no, he had more than that. I thought he had 13. No, nah, he was he was he was outrageous. Yeah, okay. So, and he was great early. They sent the tag to him. I don't think it was this AFL industry. Oh, it's a cooler. No, they sent a hard tag to him because he <laughs> was like, for sake, he was annihilating. Yeah, yeah. I hate this conversation at the moment, David King. You can't tag. You can't tag in modern football. What if the guy's tearing your fucking heart out? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You tag him. Yeah, stop yeah. with the bullshit about this bike isn't even fit. Stop with the bullshit about <laughs> tagging players. Oh, it's it's just a bad look because it just shows you defensive. No, it shows you know what's losing you the game, and yeah. you're prepared to react to it. Correct. Just Correct. stop you with the madness. Smart. But yeah, just a shout out he to Georgie. He was unbelievable. Like, he's, he, like, he was unbelievable in the game, but the body of work that he's put together across five, like I, I would, if if I'm Nick Austin, I'm looking at the Sydney list and saying, if we can leave this bloke out and he's this good, who else is playing a secondary role somewhere and can we get them as well? Because We have spoken about this bloke. In when we first had a good look. And look, fair being fair, I didn't know a whole lot about him, seen him play up there, and you sort of go, oh, yeah, okay, you yeah, know the guy, yeah, right. Then he comes, he obviously watched them more forensically when they play for your team, but we needed to upgrade Ed Curdo. Yeah, correct. This, is, this guy is like he an probably... iPhone fucking pro <laughs> up against a Nokia 3315. Well, the one thing about Ed is Ed can run, he's an elite Runner, this guy gets over the ground fine, but I think Ed is a bit a better runner. But he's deadly a, with the ball. Hewitt's a better ball winner, yeah. better user he's of better the ball. Everything. He's better everything. And that's yep. not we're not we're not burying Ed Kerno. We're just no, saying no, no, that no. we got to the point in our football evolution as a list where we needed to replace him. But but we didn't even we didn't even just replace no. Ed Kerno. We we added a bona fide midfield beast. To our team, Look, I, and, one, and we haven't given up a whole lot to be able to get him. My notes here are just, he works hard, he spreads, he presents under pressure. He can kick a goal. He runs games out. Yep. Like, he's just and fantastic. And I think he comes from a, a team with a great culture mm-hmm. that understand what it takes to find success. Himbo's bloods. He, and he's, a, he's now a leader within our group. I think people love him and respect yeah. him, and he's performing. He's playing better football than he has ever played because he's been given a great... like he always, They always gave him responsibility because they give him a role yep. and they give him a task. Now they're just saying, George, just be a really good fucking footballer. And he's gone, no worries, I'll I can do, do that. <laughs> uh, we had a bit of a disagreement as such about Big Pitto. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought his first half of the game was phenomenal. I agree. I thought his second half was disappointing. Yes. But as I as when you sort of said you're giving him votes for the second half, and it's like no, I'm giving him votes for the first no, half. No, I said. And no, who no, else I didn't are you giving that. votes? No, no. But that was my take. Was who are you giving votes to in the second half instead? At, at the end of the day, I'm rewarding performance for the first half, and I thought, and and it was probably the fact that Pito's absence hurt us so much against Jared Witts that when he came in and he feasted on a kid, he he did exactly to Port Adelaide, what Wits did to us well, last week. We spoke week. about last week about recognising when the matchup, particularly at a one-on-one, is in your favour. Yep. And early on he did that, he exploited that. Jack Martin responded, we spoke about him just uh, off the top a little bit. So pleasing to see him play with some power, and yep. to play with some real intensity. And that's what it was, it was intensity that he came with. Like at times we, you always tell me I use the, I misuse the word laconic. Yes, you do. Um, it means and brief and or... I, Well, I don't know the word that I'm looking for now. Laconic, I don't know if there's a, a phrase for this, but laconic sounds like what people think it means. 
Well, it th- sounds right. Yeah, correct. And you're like, it's wrong. Because at times you can get a footballer, and Dale Lewis was the quintessential one of these footballers, was he looked like he was barely going. He looked like he was doing it too easy. Bryce Gibbs did it on occasions Daniel too. Daniel Harford in a way? Yeah, probably. Probably. You it's, know what all these guys it, have in common? They're slow. They're slow. <laughs> so that's why it looks like they're not trying, because they just, no, <laughs> they they just no, can't run they got fast. no pace. But no, it was... Um, but yeah, to really see him come with some intensity and speed at the, at the contest, um, and he was clean when he needed to be, he finished when he needed to be, he was hard when he needed to be. Um, he gave the goal to um, Harry when Harry did his little dribbler check side on the ground, which was a very good opportunity to get uh, smothered as so many other little instances in the game where we tried to be a little bit cute and it tended to hurt us. Mm. Um, but yeah, magnificent game by um, Jack Martin. I thought- Is there a better running small defender in the game at the moment than Adam Saad? I'd have to think about other teams, but you know, it, it's it's a pretty specialised role that he plays. Um, he's just he's the fire extinguisher. Well, he he when it looks like the joint's burning to the correct, ground, correct? When, he's we don't call him we call him the fireman <laughs> because it, when the place is looking like we're in fucking all sorts, correct, correct? Because because well, when we got him, and if you thought, tell me, tell articulate to me is, what Assad will do, he's fireman Assad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, that that's something. That's, that's, that's your homework for I'm the gonna, week. I'm going to make a note of this. I'm <laughs> down the bottom here, so I'm going to get that Five and Sam uh, clip. Yep, do it, do it. Because he, if you had have said to me, articulate what you expect to get out of Adam Sard, we would have all said, run, bounce, bit of dare, goals from fifty, bit of dare, inside fifties. You know, really set us up, and he's done that on occasions, yeah. and he's had some phenomenal games. But in fairness to Adam Saad, he has been, you know, the bloke that just, in, in case of emergency, he's the guy that just seems to be running back, yeah. getting a fist in, get a touch in, laying the tackle. Clears our pre- lines. Pressuring, buffering. He's been, he, he's, a be, he's a better, he's a really good footballer, but he's a better footballer because of what he brings that I never knew that he did. Mm. And um, he's, he's just so selfless. Yeah. He's just so switched on. And, and he's doing it all while starving. <laughs> That's true. Well, look, his, his ability, and we saw it last week under enormous pressure. Yeah. And we saw it against, um, um, who did he miss against? He missed, did he miss the Bulldogs? Did he miss, um, I'll just try to think what. No, Chera missed. Last Chera missed the Bulldogs. He must have missed Gus Hawthorne. Hawthorne. So the, the Suns game last week particularly, there were, there were occasions where we were under so much pressure and the ball hits the deck and he just gets it, picks it up off the deck and he's gone. Yeah. And he just, he there did it yesterday. There was one bit yesterday where he, he seized upon the ball and we were in a bit of pressure on the great southern stand side in the back pocket and he just did that little chip kick over the top and it went probably nine metres, but it was marked by Setterfield. It was paid um, and it just gave us time. And and Setterfield was probably slow in his next movement. His next movement probably still could have gone back to mm. Sard. In fact, that might have been the bit where it ended up going back to Weedering and Weedering. But in, in any case, um, I really being liked good. being good. I really liked Adam Chera's game. He was another who was down last week and responded really positive this uh, positively this week. Um, finished with thirty two touches from seventy seven percent time on ground. You would expect that number to perhaps go up a little bit as the weeks go on, but. Um, if he gives me 32 every week, no, no, no. I'm not like the only. If yep. you're going to criticise anything, you'd probably say, you know, he had a 
He only had 10 kicks. He had the bad handball too. Yeah, well, he did too. Yeah, yeah. But no, he, he, his ability to win it and facilitate um, at stoppage was really, really important. I really like that. Played four tackles, nine contested possessions, went at 84%. Well, the nine efficiency. contested is, is interesting to me. That's the first I've actually heard of it. Yep. I would have thought he'd add more than that because I thought he did a lot of really good work in tight. Well, and you always sort of wonder, you know, you, you would love to be a fly on the wall as it's being coded and going, yeah, well, that was the... an uncontested possession, that was a contested He's possession. He's surrounded Sometimes by go, seven really? bodies. Yeah, You're correct. Like, okay. Correct. Um, and then the last one here for the chicken salads, uh, Charlie and Harry, um, eight goals between them on the day. They probably left two to three out there between them, to yep. be honest. Yep. Um, they are becoming a really strong, really varied tandem for us. They can both push up the ground. They can both take their opponent deep and isolate. They're marking really well in contested or at least one-on-one situations. And they both kicked some really important goals for us yesterday. Um, one of the highlights of the afternoon for me was Charlie really exposing Aaliyah one-on-one. It's, it was, uh, I made the comment in the game, I said a year's a long time in football because... That should cost, uh, Ali yesterday should cost him all Australian, it's just one bad performance. Correct, hand it in, hand it in from last year, give it over yeah. to Weeders. Look, and, and clearly that game, whatever it works out to be, eight months ago, nine months ago, you had Ali running on top of the ground, absolute, at the peak of his powers, with a back line that was working well. Harry, against, did Harry play? Or was he having his I shoulder? I think that might have been one of the games that he missed. And obviously Charlie was nowhere. Was v- seriously underdone. Um, had uh, Charlie's first game, was that against St Kilda? Because he kicked that long bomb 50. Didn't very little otherwise. No, that's right. But obviously that was the game where we got a roll on and just couldn't miss for a while yeah. there. But he was a bit of a fire starter for us that day. Um, but he came into that Port Adelaide game, he was very underdone. We'd seen highlights and we thought there's enough of Charlie to work with here. And and he, he couldn't run, he couldn't cover the ground, he was trying to get out the back and Alir mm. just backed himself in where he needed to be. He didn't and look it, like he had any confidence to leap. Correct, correct. And and Alir picked him off and played a great game uh, of footy. And, uh, this, and, is and you, this is what he, you He's expect. a very good footballer, no, exactly right. Alir, Alir, like we're not... We're not um, taking out the trash here. Literally, if he is allowed to zone off and, and read the flight of the ball, he's fantastic. He's really good uh, intercept uh, defender, can mark really strongly overhead. He's a good user of the ball. When he gets it, very rarely makes mistakes. You have to... James Sicily is very similar. You have to make these guys accountable for an opponent because they are susceptible. And, and he, he, he had to run a lot to keep 100%. up with Charlie, pushed him up the ground, he moved him around. That last and, goal. And the last goal, it was just like... We had, we had a couple of Port Adelaide supporters behind us. Tom Rockliffe? No, were you, were you no, those? no, it was not me. We, we had an older couple behind us and I actually felt sorry for them that we were absolutely smashing in the way that they were and I actually went short of sort of really paying them and telling their season was over because I just sort of felt well, like... Well, they're Timbo's power as well. Well, <laughs> there was a little bit of that too. But um, uh, like uh, their immediate their immediate re- response was, that's in the back. And when you watch the replay and just under pressure, it was just beautiful use of the body. It was perfectly timed and it was was perfect perfect football forward craft. You know what's great too? I think at the moment, you might know this off the top of your head. I should have actually investigated this. The leader of the Coleman medals kicked 16 goals. I think you're right, yes. So Charlie, I think, has got 14. He does. And Harry's got 12. Correct. That's fantastic. Joshua Shelley's on 14. Because this is this is <laughs> the problem. But this is the problem that we've had going back to Fev. Yep. Going back to Harry last year. Too few. Individual accolades, brilliant. Yep. I love it when our boys get rewarded with whether it's All Australians or Coleman medals or Brownlow medals. 
because it happens so infrequently as a Absolutely. fan of your club. So it's Absolutely. great to celebrate when players get an individual accolade. But at the same time, it is better for us. So Harry won it kicking 58 last year, which yeah. was unders on the – he missed four games or whatever. So take it – let's extrapolate that out to 68 or 70. Well, I'd rather the two of them kick 60. Yep. Than one or of even them, 50. Or 100%. Or one of them kick 70 to win the Coleman. Yep. You go, no, we'll, we'll take two of you kicking 85% of that. Correct. Correct. Yeah, each. Um, chicken shits. Just one more. Okay. I, th- I think one bloke that we need to recognise who we'd probably been critical as well. I oh, thought no. Zach, Zach Fisher. Yes. Um, I like, thought he was okay last week. Well, and, and I think... Look, without half without forward, damning forward him with pocket, fake praise. Yeah, look, it's, it's, like was, it's it can be starvation corner. And uh, I, I've always thought he's been busy. And um, but he hasn't always had the rub of the green. He hasn't always been able to show out. I know Fab was really critical of him that you know he, the goal that he kicked against Richmond when we had our tails up that really iced the game. He couldn't do last week. But I thought yesterday, I, I thought a little bit like Jack Martin. He he came with a greater level of intensity, and he he had twenty two possessions in the end, which is a pretty good outcome across half forward when you're really not pushing into the, the guts as such. Kick two. I don't know whether he burnt Corey Durden as he ran to the pocket on his left foot because Durden was goal side of his opponent, mm. but there was a guy ahead. So you give the handball, you put him under pressure. In the end, he's gone, left footer, I've got this, I can execute it. Um, and, and I will always give a creative player the licence to be able to deliver there. But you just got to take care of business and... Uh, I 100% agree, Timbo. I under- oh, can you hear that, Timbo? <laughs> it's another 90s banger. Oh, chicken to shine out the Chinese chicken. It's <laughs> another 90s banger, Timbo. Oh, chicken the... Bare naked ladies. You know what? I know this first word for word. <laughs> can imagine you would. I don't know why. I've heard it. You're an American pie fan. A Kurosawa and make mad films. Yeah. But if I did, they'd have a samurai. Yeah. Oh, what a 90s banger, Timbo. That's a good one to add to the list. You don't get songs like this anymore. No. You know why? Because the blues are back. back. <laughs> Another 90s banger, because the blues are back. Oh, what a tune. Um, Zach Fisher also had 21 pressure acts, which I understand was a... You don't know this first? <laughs> no, I, don't. I just didn't want to speak over you. So. Oh, what a tune. Oh, what a tune, what a tune. So amongst all the negativity of us downplaying a win, the Blues are back. Correct. So we play 90s bangers. Uh, chicken shits, Timbo. Well point, uh, points well made on Zach Fisher. Uh, fitness. Now, a lot of people bending over backwards to say it's more mental. It's both. Um, I think you're right. The only game we've really breasted the tape in was Richmond. Yep. Uh, every other game we've fallen over the line in a heap. And oftentimes we look gassed at about the 10-minute mark of the third quarter. Um, everything about a slow store walk and our opponents keep coming because of it. Yeah, that weedering moment to me, that was in the last quarter, admittedly. But that smacked of, that's not Jacob weedering. No, no. And He's it was gassed. Yeah, well, as you say, when when he's got time, he just he, he's got composure and he he executes. He, I think you're right. I think he must have been gassed in the moment, but but even because he assesses the field, he does not. That's not a skill error. It's no, error. Th- and this is the thing that the yeah yeah 
you know, I just honestly can't see... We spoke about it last year. He retained his position because he was under contract and we obviously had so many outgoing expenditure in the footy department, soft cap, um, and he would have been arguably the highest paid of those if he'd left. I, I don't see how Russell stays on, at least of all on the money that he's currently on beyond this year. Well, you're right. He's he's. This is the final year of his contract. Um, What's Justin Cordy doing? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The question has been asked, and I, I thought he might have gone into an Olympic sport or something like that. I don't think he's involved we in haven't AFL been, anymore. We haven't run out games as well as we did under him since he left. But I can't, I can't have that AFL fitness is such a closed shop that there are literally eight blokes that can do the job. 100%. It's, I don't disagree. It's bullshit to be able to say it. So, Mate, you know what it is? It's an industry of not what you know. Yeah, very you much know. correct. Um, and whether or not that leads to you getting good candidates. And look, Andrew Russell's record speaks for itself. His, his time at Hawthorne was great. His time at Port Adelaide was great. He hasn't been an abject failure at Carlton. No, no, no. no. And that's not what we've ever said. But as somebody who is potentially the highest paid strength and conditioning coach, whatever you want to call his position in the competition, yep. we just don't get return on investment. We do not get the, the basic crux of his position is to have us finishing on top of the ground. Yep. Do you know what I would love to know? Tell me. I would love to know who is the British rowing fitness coach. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know who the British cycling fitness coach is because they've had more so in the cycling than the rowing, but they've had rare success in that field over the last probably 10 to 12 years. Um, Charlie Walsh got a gig at one point at the Adelaide Crows because he was mates with Neil Craig and he was clearly elite as a cycling coach, spent a lot of time at the AIS and got, you know, huge success in that in, in that era and, and he was he was a bit of an animal, you know, and really, really worked his blokes hard and, and the women in those days as well. Um, but if you're just looking for an industry leader, it doesn't have to come from the AFL stronghold. You can look out beyond your sport and saying well, who are the athletic um, unicorns that are performing? And and, and are, are you working with a dozen just absolutely rare, blessed athletes that it wouldn't matter who was in charge, they were going to be elite anyway? Or do you have a program? I think at that Olympic level, it's about the 1%. Very much so. You know what it is? Actually, David Butterfan, very interestingly, when I was at Carlton, they did a great little an evening with type thing for... Um, our membership category. And it was Malthouse, Sauce, who had just come back to the club, David Butterfant. I think they were the three, and it was emceed by whoever. And Butterfant made a really interesting point when he basically said, so much of the physical conditioning that we undertake as a strength and conditioning coach is mental in terms of, because we're all doing about the same. We all know we're, we're running this many Ks a week or a training. All of our loading's about the same. But at that time, Port Adelaide were just they had this they had this reputation as we're the fittest, we're gonna run the game out. He said that's almost as important, whether it's true or not, that the opposition know, geez, their track record is they finish the game strong. We don't. Yep. So it's the opposite of our at the huddles at three quarter time, our opponents know they don't finish well. Yeah. We, 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 we can get these guys. We can get them because they don't finish well. Yep. Whereas we've got the same thing. We're going, fuck, we don't finish well. Yeah. Yeah. We we don't finish well, do we? Shit. Yep. 
it's so much about it is believing we've done the work, believing we can see the game out. What's the stripes on the Yankees? That's the pinstripes. Pinstripes, hundred percent. Beautiful segue into psychology, Timbo. It's incredibly frustrating that as a group we don't seem to appreciate how close we are to being really feared. And it's put the Hawks away, put the power away, and you're rolling. And then when you get three and four goals up against someone else, they're sitting there going, this could get messy. Well, And when you look at the, the ladder and you're going, well, there's the Blues with 145% and you've mm. gone, they get a whole – they can ragdoll us. Um, and we've not done it. We've um, – you know, four and one, they can't take that away from us, um, but there's there's just a depth of punishment that we're not metering out the way that we should be. And and I think that's our... What, while we'd still always... If we finish the, if we, if we finish the season 21 and one with 105%, I don't care. Extraordinary. <laughs> it would be extraordinary. And, out in straight sets. And, and it won't happen because it doesn't work that way. But we'd be winning game every game by about a by point. A point. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine how we get through? Wow, well, we. Um, but but obviously the point is we we can we can do more, um, and that's the challenge. Because and and I will always take a win ahead of percentage, but it can't be at well the two at, are at the kind expense of, of. Well, yeah. I mean, you get more percentage because you have more score than they do, yeah. but. Let's win games by more than a kick if we can, please. I suppose, ultimately, like we covered off earlier, all we've told the competition through five rounds isn't that we're really fearsome. It's that no matter how far behind you are... We're gettable. You're in the game, yeah. and that's a problem. Uh, I thought we overpossessed the ball at times um, and were a bit sloppy in transition. I suppose those two things are kind of linked. And it was less less in the first half. We took our chances, but I think Port didn't hurt us when we erred early. No. Whereas in the second half, and whether again it's tiredness and all that sort of stuff, but the errors that we made got punished. Um, but equally, there were instances where you know the build-up to potentially scoring was just scuttled by a little error here and a little error there, and you know Mackay shanked one that was as, as bad as you see. But he can that do can that. happen. We, we, we know that that, that can, can happen. happen. And obviously, as we said, Setterfield managed to kick um, Durden in the back of the head from eight metres out, and it's like, what's wrong with kicking the ball through post high? We it always used to say like, about Juddy. Uh, it feels like Setters has sort of got that in his locker, though. Yeah, um, and it was left foot, so you know, we, you're not going to hang him on it, but that's that's an AFL finish. Yeah. You know, 99 oh. times out of 100, and, may, and maybe just had his one in 100, you know, gruesome fuck-ups, but uh, I, I just but, feel but as that though we, we couldn't find the balance between chaining out well and actually over-possessing the footy. Correct. And chaining out too many hands, that's going to create errors, that's going to bring pressure. We just won too many, won well, too many. E- every possession is still a chance to, to make an error. So you minimise them, you, you know, fewer chances to screw up, but at the end of the day, sometimes carrying it and overusing it isn't a bad thing, so... I don't disagree, Timbo. Oh, Timbo. It's another 90s banger. <laughs> another 90s chart banger. Do you remember is this Skull? the Mighty Mighty Boss type? It is. There's about 14 members of the band. <laughs> remember Scar, Timbo? Remember that? I do. This is probably the best example of Scar. Da, 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 da. Bit of a husky voice. Sorry? Uh isn't chasing Amy. Fun uh, 
Fun story about its use in Chasing Amy. I don't think they had the rights for like home video or something. So in some versions of the film, it's not in it. No way. I, I remember, maybe it was on DVD, maybe? And then I remember watching it on Foxtel or something. And they replaced this with something else, like a temp track. Yeah. And I was like, oh, obviously you didn't pay for the rights for this song in perpetuity Correct. moving forward. Kevin Smith's... Uh, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. the eyes and <laughs> the tones. Mighty Mighty Boss Tones ain't getting any more checks from Miramax. No. Um, but we played that, of course, Timbo, because uh, the Blues are back. Because the Blues are back. <laughs> um, it is now time, of course, for... Make sure I'm pressing the right button. You've got mail. You know, the fun part about that is when I get that Fireman Saad clip up, um, those BBC... Fuck, what would you even call that animation style? Now it's like CG animation, but back in the day it was the classic kind of quasi-stop motion. Correct. But it was sort of not quite... It had a really cool look about it back in the day. Now it doesn't look... I remember um, Elliot was watching Fireman Sam recently and I was like, what is this shit? <laughs> it was all like slick, like animation. I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> Where's the fire with the cellophane? <laughs> yes, exactly right. Ah, oh, damn it. Anyway, the mailbox is up, and that means that uh, I have to go to the mailbox questions. Where is it? Why isn't it loading, Tim? Why isn't it loading? It's Fabian fucked with your algorithm. Oh, please, don't give him that credit. Jesus Christ, we've had a lot of responses. Good. Um, what did you order from Ming's? If you ate at mid-pod, how long into recording until you had a Dunstall Quartermain-style fried rice situation? That's from Daniel Morrison. <laughs> um, look, Ming's is too good. You can't be throwing it around. No, absolutely not. You, no, it's... Uh, we we, uh, we ordered not a crazy amount of food, but there was certainly enough. Did you and order... This, the impression I got was that it was like a share plate situation. Yeah, so we, we ordered the... We were always going to order the beef and black bean because that was... Well, that's the reason you're there. Yeah, correct. And uh, and in the end, we knew we needed something else. And uh, I vouched for the um, the sp- sp- spicy salt um, calamari. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, Fab and spicy aren't all that simpatico. No, he doesn't, doesn't, have, doesn't have the best constitution when so, it comes to that stuff. So in the end, we erred on the lemon chicken instead. And uh, but then we'd ordered the special fried rice, and for me, I thought that's enough food at Ming's. But then that was when Fab went for the Chinese sausage as well. In Idiot. which case, I said, "Well, I'll have a crack at the deep fried scallops, which were pretty good." So. <laughs> I'll see you ordering a dish that I think's one too many, and raise you with another. <laughs> I'll get my own one as well. So. <laughs> no, look, for me, it's all about the beef with black bean, phenomenal. Uh, the chicken satay skewer, yes, outrageous. And then I like drizzling a bit of the extra satay sauce on the fried rice. Oh, wait. Um, the sesame chicken with plum sauce. I'm yet to do. Phenomenal. Um, look, we digress, Daniel. <laughs> you can't order poorly at Ming's, and you're certainly not throwing it at someone you're arguing with. No, that's exactly right. Um, Tim Williams, how did you deal with your golden child, uh, Lucky O'Brien, playing in the VFL? Look, Tim, uh, shut up. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, he got dropped. I thought he was made a bit of a scapegoat. I think he was a bit of an easy easy play to drop. I thought the two guys that came in ostensibly to replace him were by no means stellar. Um, and I think we could have used Lockie's ball use when we were under pressure yesterday at times, the man that was prepared to bite off the more difficult kick. Yep. Uh, look, he didn't have a great day in the VFL, but the VFL team didn't have a great day themselves. Yep. Um, Richmond kept them at arm's reach pretty much all afternoon. They got out to a three- or a four-goal lead, and it kind of stayed that. Um, yeah, Richmond 
with guys like Stack had a good day and Kane Lambert had a good day, Soldo had a good day in the ruck. Um, and you compare that to the round one team when they went with two ruckmen, so Soldo's playing yeah. Stack. Did Stack play ones? Or, no. no and, and obviously Lambert wasn't yet back, so obviously that was um, a change in personnel that was to their benefit. So. And where Dow was our... You know, um, start, you know, our sub and didn't play, so that robbed. And and because the games were too close, it couldn't lock. Yeah. When you play it, and look, too, when you're playing on the wing, and your team's getting done, yeah, yeah, you're not. It's you're not the driving force. He's nah. not the bloke that you stick in inside and going get thirty five from the guts. He's a, he's an outside running player. That's his job. Um, yeah, I, I thought we missed him yesterday. I would have liked him to have been there. I thought there were moments in the game that he would have absolutely. So long as he didn't have excelled his, in. Sometimes he puts the spends it before he's. Got yep, it in a marking yep. sense. So long as he didn't do any of that, yep. I think his kicking inside would have been really, really helpful. helpful yeah, because we and had no one that was prepared to look on the forty-five. Correct, correct. So and 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 look, that's that's probably the way that I'm looking at it. Um, the one good thing when you do move five blokes on, um, you there will be a a meticulous black and white reason to be able to say. Lockie, in five instances you did this, we need you to do that. Or you've looked at his GPS and saying you weren't running hard enough, you weren't doing the work, whatever. There will be a tangible reason why they've said, Lockie, this is why you're out. You're giving him a month. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I I just hope he's a guy that gets back in sooner rather than later because we saw what they did to him last year and you don't want to break the kid's spirit because, again, when he does what he does, when he does what he's recruited to do, he does it as well as anyone going around, and I just want to see more of it. But um, got, but uh, but you wear the decisions. Hundred percent. Got Dub D Wayne got in touch based on the first five weeks. Which player or players have surprised you the most? Well, we talked about George Hewitt before. I mean, because I'm the son of a, a Sydney supporter, I've Get seen him and, I, and I've watched him and all that sort of stuff. So I always knew that he could play. I I didn't know that he could do what he's done for five weeks straight with the level of consistency that he has. Um, to me, he's the clear standout. I like. Um, I agree. I like Durden in the sense that last year we got a glimpse, funnily enough, against Port Adelaide over there. Yep. Um, and there were little moments where you kind of went, "That's that's nice." Yep. Yeah, but it had very, um, very seldom. You know, because he just didn't play very much footy. He'd obviously had the interrupted season. Comes off obviously a really good preseason, and then kind of validates the faith and the word of mouth that this guy's defined or Correct. he's worth yep. keeping an eye on. And, yep. um, so for me, he's someone that, not a surprise as such, but you sort of went, it'll be interesting to see where he shakes out. Correct. After the first preseason with the new coach, is there's always somebody who is a bolter. Yep. That has, hasn't got a profile that all of a sudden the coach comes in and goes, this guy. So he, He's my boy. I, think I, I thought, I reckon Lewis Young, in the three games that he's played, he's, he's slotted in, he's done what's been asked, there's enough to work with, he doesn't scare you when he's down there. Mm. Um, you know, he's not playing perfect football, there's always room for improvement, but when, when everybody would love to have seen Liam going and doing what Liam's always done for the last three, four, five years, to let him keep doing that next to Weeders would have been fantastic. But in, I, his, in his absence, I, I don't hate what Lewis is doing. Am I insane for thinking that the door might just be very subtly ajar with Liam? How old's Liam? Is he 30? Is he 30, 31? 31. 31. <sighs> 
Look, you saw Parks being able to defend yesterday it's, when the look, ball to be was honest, in the air. It's probably a case You've of... You've got Oscar McDonald. I don't think we're screaming for it. He's, he, well, he's the best of that lot. He's the best of clearly, the lot that have replaced clearly. him. But he having... should be playing AFL football soon, but he's made a decision that says that he can't. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and he's had more that... than enough opportunity to be able to write it, and he's still saying, this isn't for me. I think the thing that would hurt him is just the training and yep. and getting yep. to AFL-style conditioning. Yep. Um, Ryan Perkins, can Sean request more players be dropped? They seem to perform very well the next week. Jack Martin, a chicken salad, more consistent energy and presence. Uh, was also, uh, sorry, Fish was also a chicken salad. Matt, if, you, if people want me to pot blokes that are underperforming, <laughs> or in fact, have me pot blokes that are really performing, Charlie Curnow, Disgusting yesterday. <laughs> Absolutely appalling. What a 17-goal performance. You know, you, you know, Timbo said earlier, he, he potted you a little bit, and I agree with him completely. That five goals was the worst five-goal performance <laughs> I've ever seen. If you don't pull your fucking finger out, you're going to be dropped. So, now there you go. Um, and Ryan, don't encourage him because he'll think that he's got the uh, the Midas touch. Mate, so. I, 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 I've got whatever the opposite of the Midas touch is I've got at the moment. But that's good because we, we keep on saying, no one... Love the fact that Jack Martin started like a house on fire more than me. I don't take offence to it. No, no. You've been playing terribly. We all can see that there is ability there. We haven't seen it for a long, long time. Go and show us. Yep. Give us something. Give us a reason to back you in. Well, and I think clearly too, when we do pot a bloke, it's because our expectation is greater than what their output has been. And, and you know that they can do what these guys have turned around and ended up doing and just saying, just... You know, make a believer of me you know, or prove that my stance is right. We've got a couple back-to-back ones here. Tim W. and Anthony uh, Guadabasio. I don't know if I've said that correctly, Anthony. If Fabian was here, he'd probably put on some jerk-off accent and whatever. Um, both about our fitness. Tim says, notice in the first five weeks we've trailed our opposition in sprint efforts each and every week, according to the AFL tracker, and by considerable numbers in some of those weeks. Anthony says, find this stat. Anthony says, are we fit enough, especially with a midfield stacked with inside bulls who struggle to defend transition? Well, those things are probably tied. If our sprint efforts are down... Yep. They and are, we're not full of sprinters. We're not full of sprinters, but they definitely, that, that whatever that metric or that threshold of intensity in your running is, particularly late in the game, if we're not doing that, it's because we don't have the, the gas in the tank. But I would still ask the question of when we hit September and the pressure goes up, do you want guys that are running faster or guys that are winning more contested footy? And so long as you're clean. Well, this is it. And, and so I'm half thinking I would sooner go through a season where we're running out of gas but still winning and farming a contested brand of footy that can stand up in September, um, I don't hate that we are where we're at. But if we can improve our fitness across the season, make up for some of our shortcomings as we track forward and get a little bit of the best of both worlds, then as the season progresses, we're going to be better for it. So that's that's the Andrew Russell challenge is to just give us more. Mm. Lenjet, Matt? Are John Ralph and David King the most inconsistent and biased experts in the game? Look, at least in Kingy's defence... I don't think Kingy's as biased. No, at least in Kingy's defence, he has actually got some kind of expertise. He has played the game, he's been a coach, (laughs) etc. In the case of John Ralph, I don't know why they're using him as a kind of expert commentator. He's just a newsman who just comes on and reads headlines. He shouldn't be offering opinion on anything. At least with Kingy as silly as some of his opinions might be, um, they are coming from an informed place. Ralphie, on the other hand, is just 
a Richmond supporter yeah. who can't be happy that he's witnessed the greatest era in his club's history um, and is insecure about it for some reason. And, and wants to have a crack at Carlton. Wants to have a crack at Carlton. He's, he's a strange Ex- unit. Exclusively. He's a strange, strange unit. I don't know if they were referring to us as a cult the other day, by the way, on Twitter. Kingy's blocked us um, some time ago. And apparently... We're, we're, we're like a cult and we're their cult leader or something. And I was like, no, we just want you to be consistent. <laughs> David, Sean, Peter Bunch, yeah, Koresh. Yeah, we just want you to be consistent and, uh, you know, in, in your opinions, mate. Yep. Go, you can pot anyone you want. Yep. Just do it consistently. There's been a phenomenal amount of um, uh, opportunities to be able to highlight what he's highlighted from Carlton players only and seems to refuse to do it. And his next opportunity to be able to make a point, and, and I, I guess I understand what they're saying. You know, it was the moment they all talked about Willie Rioli and um, the feigning the push in the back after Tom Hawkins didn't have one that he'd um, not been paid against in the week before. So equally, Harris Andrews was a little bit stiff for the fifty metres for the arms out when um, George Hewitt's done the same thing. But George Hewitt did it immediately after a bloke was clearly caught either holding the ball or throwing the ball or not disposing of the ball properly, mm. and they've immediately uh, and, and and hasn't been paid. And I reckon the umpires just looked at it and Honestly, gone, it's a classic, mate. He, he picks, it was fair call. He picks three examples, yeah. and you go, well, what's the right call, what's the wrong call? Because I think, to a man, the football public is unhappy with all of them being paid. Yeah, yeah. So you go, and, and the Harris end, no one wants... I, I get why... But no one wants the Harris Andrews no. 50 metre penalty paid. Uh, Adrian Frangiacomo is Mark Pitnett our most important player? Mm. Well, he's certainly he's certainly. Thro- I mean, as we've said pre-season, I, I will I will fight anybody that tells me that Jacob Wiedering isn't our most important player because if he wasn't <laughs> there, we'd be in all sorts of uh, trouble. But Pitto absolutely showed last week with against the wrong matchup. He is. Um, uh, if he's not there, we're in awful trouble. Yeah. We're just very um, thin in that position. Yeah, like if Tommy DeConning was asked to go up against Sam Hayes this week, I would have no concern with him doing it. I'd happily unleash him and let him go. The fact that we were able to have Pitto with, what, 40 games of experience, maybe a little bit more, going up against a first gamer when he's sort of got the, the size and the physicality and been playing good footy, you know, throughout this season. So, you know, missed a week and came back and performed. And so, yeah... I think it's a good question. It's I a think, great question. I think that structurally is extremely important. I think we saw that last week. We saw that um, particularly in the first half yesterday. Uh, then lastly, we've got one here from Lechdog. Uh, he's he's uh, included a quote from Kane Corns, I believe it was, uh, from last year's trade period. This is what gets me and George Hewitt, who's going from Sydney to Carlton. I read four years. Why would you give George Hewitt four years? That makes no sense. Well, Lechdog I, just says discuss. Yeah, well, I, I looked at it. I looked at it this afternoon. Um, he He's a December birthday. So when we've offered a four-year deal, we've offered a four-year deal to a 25-year-old player that had probably played uh, 130-odd games of footy, maybe. So you knew what you were getting. You knew what he provided. He comes from the strong culture that we said before, and he's a guy that can find and use the footy. So I think we've looked at him and said, you are the perfect fit. Um, and we know that we're going to get as much performance as you're giving up in Sydney, probably more because we're going to give you a greater level of responsibility, 
and at 450 grand. And, and, and I think in the end, he would have gotten 450 a year at Sydney, but he was going to get two years. So in the end, what levers him out isn't actually the money, but it's the length of tenure that he's guaranteed up there. And, um, and so as a result, that makes far more business sense for George Hewitt to come. And the only question we need to be asking ourselves is, is George Hewitt going to be worth $450,000 in three years' time? And my counter to that is he's probably playing like a $700,000 player right now. So if we've got two hundred and fifty in the bank and he only plays like he's worth two hundred well, next time and that ends up being captain but here's in year the thing, two, Tim, here's the thing. It's still it's still been worthwhile. For a guy that's gonna contribute even if he wasn't contributing as meanfully as uh, meaningfully as he is just at the moment, four hundred, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for an AFL footballer isn't that much over the average? It's a, it's a lot of money for the rank-and-file <laughs> member of the general public, yes. but for an AFL footballer, it's not astronomical, no. eye-watering money. No. So I think that someone could say, oh, why are you giving this guy 450 But you could kind of also go, geez, he's a pretty solid citizen. 400 450 is not really a huge amount of money in the scheme of things. You're going to get a really solid guy that plays every week. He gets his, I think he, he averaged 23 or 24 disposals a week. I think he finished second in their best and fairest like three he's years sort of ago. Going, oh, gee, and then mean... the next year he missed most of the season with an injury. Yeah. And he came back and played most games last year. So he's sort of going, I don't know. It sounds like a pretty sound investment to me. Yeah. Everything. Hey, look at it, is, Tim. Everyone gets. So so soccer has this problem too where the big, big teams, it was started off by Real Madrid obviously all those years ago with the Galacticos, where every signing needs to be an earth shattering. And then every summer we need to have an. A, a epoch defining. Oh my God! How have they got this guy? Well, that's not what actually wins you things. No. Signing superstars every single year. We got the big name in Chera. You sort of go, oh, he's big profile and comes across and oh, great. Going well, that's he's he's a great acquisition. But in the same way, you go well. George Hewitt fits a need like we spoke about earlier. We yep. need that type of player upgraded upon. Yep. And he does that. So, and, and you look at Will Brody at Freo, you know, a guy that was playing too well at NEFL level, um, was a former top 10 draft pick. I, I remember when he got drafted, somebody said he was the best contested ball winning or yep. clearance winning player they'd yep. ever seen at underage level. But, and I remember but, thinking, but he plays like 60% of game time. So this bloke, for, in, from an AFL perspective, this bloke has no engine. But when he's out there, this and is the Frio Heave Ho podcast, yeah, well, and but when he's redlining it or or he's working hard, he can find the football. He he has this skill that very few others have. Would it be the Superman capes? Put on your Superman capes or Warfy time. Warfy time. Warfy time. Yeah. But it was. Um, but he, I, I think if if we've got an issue with our ability to be able to run out games, Will Brody isn't making us no, better. No, so no. so and that's he, identifying. Yeah, but 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 it's the it's similar to. George Hewitt, where you've gone, here is a guy that adds something that we don't have, and um, he is, um, uh, and they've been able to get him for a second round draft yeah, pick, yeah. plus a whole lot of steak knives along the way. It's like I, I think George Hewitt might be the um, the bargain. I, I was saying he might be the bargain of the off season. I think Will Brody probably trumps him. I think George um, Hewitt's a better player. But we've given nothing to get yeah. Hewitt other than the salary that we have to pay him, which we would have had to have done anyway. anyway. So um, We just need to backtrack here. We forgot the SI Morales Memorial Buster Nut Trophy for this week. Did we have a nomination, Tim? Uh, Jack Martin's the clear one for me. He came out with the attitude, the intensity, and he performed accordingly, and he, yeah. pr- and he probably set the tone for the game. I'm happy to go with that. The only other one I had, and someone mentioned this in the mailbox, I really liked, we, we mentioned him, uh, Zach Fisher. Um, but I think Martin 
yep. Trump's yep. Fisher this week. So Jack Martin is this week's SI Morales. No, 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 no. You can't say it, SI I love Morales it. Memorial Bust a Nut Trophy recipient. That brings us to a close for this weekend, Timbo. Fantastic, Sean. Um, uh, we're going to put the Prender DJ in. If you know the theme for this week's Prender DJ song, which I don't even know what the song is at the <laughs> moment, I hope it's playing. Uh, we'll put that in later. Um, hashtag Prender DJ. And if you get it right, we'll give you a shout out. Back to do it all again, obviously, next weekend against who are we playing? Frio. Frio in Frio. We'll do it all then, Timbo. Uh, always a pleasure, Sean. Faber Ganoush says, Buonasera, ragazzi, or whatever it is. Ciao, ragazzi. And for me, Sean Peterbudge, goodbye. We'll catch you next week. No worries.